I'm Claire McKenna and this is the Focus Ireland podcast. In this series, we'll take a deep dive into the most prevalent social crisis of the last 10 years, homelessness. We'll discuss every aspect of the crisis, talk with people who've experienced homelessness firsthand, meet people who work in the field, as well as experts in the area. And Yuha Kakinen joins me on the line now. Hello, Yuha. How are you? Hello. Fine. Nice to meet you online. Thank you so much for uh, coming out of, of retirement to talk about housing first. I'm sure it's still something you're very much passionate about. Well, well, that's true. Uh, it's it's not easy to drop an issue like this simply by saying goodbye to your <laughs> workmates. <laughs> It's, it, it sticks into your mind all the time. And researching you for this interview, you talk an awful lot about being part of something bigger, that this was so much more to you than, than just a job. Well, well, that's true. I think that uh, I have been in, in many positions during, during my working life and in different roles in relation to homelessness problem also and the last years that I have been working as a CAO in my foundation has been very very rewarding because I have been able to do in practice things really change arrange housing housing etc things that I earlier wrote about or <laughs> talked about and it has been very rewarding and at the same time the, the feeling that uh, this is something that no one can do alone. So I think that together with other people, you can achieve amazing things. And I think that that's that's one of the key lessons from Finland, that together you are much stronger and, and you can make real impact in, in, in your own country. Well, tell us a little bit about the situation with homelessness in Finland. When you set up the Y Foundation, what was the, the, the homeless landscape like? Uh, in the, in, I started my working life in the in the 1980s, and I worked for the city of Helsinki, and I was responsible for the homelessness services for for several years. And at that time, we had around almost 20,000, over 18,000 homeless people in in, in statistics. Uh, and my foundation, where I have now been working. I worked from 2013 until until a couple of months ago when my successor started. Uh, so my foundation was established in '85 with the idea to to buy apartments from the private market to be used as rental apartments for for homeless persons. That was one of the starting points of of a change in the in the Finnish homelessness policy. And at the moment, uh, the last year, the last count we had on homelessness showed that we had less than 4,000 homeless persons in, in Finland for the first time. And 65% of these, our homeless people, are living temporarily with friends and, friends and relatives. So we have a very small amount of temporary accommodation. And this is something that has really changed. There are virtually no street homelessness in, in Finland and temporary accommodation is very marginal. In, in the 1980s, when I worked for the city of Helsinki, there were still 
uh, around 2,000 bed places in shelters and hostels. And now there's, I think that maximum 200 temporary accommodation places in, in, in Helsinki at the moment in, in use. So it has been a huge change. And explain the concept of, of housing first. I know the clue is very much in the name, but it's a different way of looking at, 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 at a homeless person, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Uh, the way how we have understood housing first, uh, we started in 2008 a national program to reduce long-term homelessness. And then we changed our thinking so that uh, housing your own home is the foundation for for your living and and you you should get permanent housing permanent home without any preconditions so if you have other issues like with with <laughs> health health or social issues like like substance abuse for example you, you are not supposed to solve these issues before getting the apartment because the apartment is the foundation and it, it helps to solve the other issues, of course, with, with support. So for us, it means that you have a, your own rental apartment with your own rental contract. Uh, normally, it's it's unlimited time as long as you pay pay your rent. And then, then you get support according, according to your needs. But there's also, this is mainly based on individual apartments that are scattered around, but we also have supported housing units. So we have renovated some of the existing hostels into individual apartments, but in these units there can also be on-site staff to provide support. So there are different options what kind of housing you may may get, but it's always your own, own independent apartment with support. Yeah, and I think that's a really important message to everyone. And I suppose that's why it was important for the shelters to be closed down, because you shouldn't be just grateful to come in off the street. You should be given a situation in which you can get the support you need and be able to to thrive and be the best you can in life. Yes, that's absolutely true. And, And I think that one of the problems in many countries is that a huge amount of money is used for for temporary accommodation and and for us people living in temporary accommodation they are still homeless it's not it's not a solution to homelessness uh, a couple of years ago i uh, i noticed from some article that the amount of money that was used in ireland for temporary accommodation in, in shelters and hostels. And I just made a calculation that with that money, we could have bought in Finland over 900 permanent apartments. So it's 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 an important question where, where you put the money if you want to end homelessness. And that was, I think that the, the role of Housing First in Finland has been important because it, it allowed a systemic change in, in the way how we how we try to solve homelessness. So we try to end it with permanent housing solutions and, and Housing First was the catalyst in this change that, that we have accomplished. And I think that's a really important part of the discussion, the savings that can be made mm. when the money is spent more efficiently. But you also talk away from the accounting books about empathy and 
as well as a need for policy shift, that there needs to be a shift in society and how we view homeless people and the kind of society we wish to, to live in and be a part of. Yes, I think that, of course, it's, there are very strong moral and ethical reasons because I think that it's a question about undivided human value and, and housing should be a kind of basic social social right. And 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 that's of course the of course the main main point, main reason why we should get rid of homelessness. Uh, but of course besides that it's all also economically wise thing to do and, and it brings a lot of benefits for, for the society if we really really aim to end homelessness instead of trying to manage it somehow by arranging temporary accommodation. And as you say, there's very few tools we need, just head and heart. We don't always have to be logical. And yet the logic is there, as you say, because not only are you saving money and ending homelessness, but in building this accommodation, you're providing employment for, for other people. Yes, that's one of the, one of, one of, of course, one of the, benefits but but i think that uh, it seems that it's it's so hard in, in in some societies to understand that this is this is really the the, the, the wise thing to do and and for me it's a uh, i can understand that in in principle it's it's so simple we we know the solutions how to solve homelessness we know how we can end it and we have to imagine a world without homelessness. And, and then we can think about what are the steps that are needed to, to, to reach that, that goal. But that, that's the only way that I, I can understand it. And I, I, I think that in, especially in the, in the Western countries, the, the, the states, the countries have the resources, they have the, the money needed to solve homelessness and and if if we can't solve an issue like this which is still a limited issue social issue how on earth are we going to solve the other bigger issues that we are facing in the in the future like the, like the climate change and and what it requires from our societies and what were some of the biggest challenges for you to overcome with the Y foundation who were the hardest entities to convince? Was it the policymakers? Was it society? Was it the time to, it took to to build housing? What were some of the the hurdles you had to jump over? Uh, well, I, I would say that it has been quite quite amazing that we we managed to get a very wide political support for for this new new policy because I think that everybody not only the experts working with homelessness could see that the, the traditional way to address homelessness, it, it wasn't working. So there was a kind of willingness to, to change the policy. And and in, in the Finnish society, we are a small country and, and we have to keep everybody on, on board. And I think that there was this kind of sentiment in the, in the, in the society uh, that it was surprisingly easy to get a wide political backing for, for this idea. But of course, uh, the, the general public, 
there are still very stereotyped images of, of homelessness, and there has been. Uh, and and I think that, uh, in in principle, on a general level, if you discuss with with people, they say that they are very much in favor of solving homelessness. But when it's a question about some concrete project in in their neighborhood, then you can then you can meet a lot of resistance and. This is something that we have had a lot of experience during the years. And the only way how you can solve this kind of resistance is, of course, to try to provide information. But people have to see with their own eyes that when when a new building for, for homeless people has been established, that things are going rather smoothly. And, and, and there are not that kind of problems that they, they expected beforehand. So there are a lot of prejudices still to overcome, even in, in Finland. There's a lot of economic reasons given here in Ireland as to why we have a, a housing crisis and a, and a homelessness crisis here. And to fix the problem and end homelessness, it's going to cost a lot of money, it's going to take a lot of time, and it's going to have a detrimental effect on the property market. What, what do you say to, to that reasoning? Well, <laughs> I would say that it simply is not true. Uh, in, in the Finnish, Finnish society, the affordable social housing has played a, a crucially important role in, in, in solving homelessness. It's the most important uh, element of structural prevention of homelessness, the, the share of affordable social housing that we have. It's not. It's only 30% of the total housing stock. But in the each new housing area in the in the big cities, at least 25% at the moment is affordable social housing, and it's going to be increased in the coming years up to 30 and eventually to 35% of the total housing stock. So this is this is also the reason why we actually don't have any family homelessness in, in Finland. In statistics, there are 140 homeless families, which can also be couples without without children. So it's mainly single single homeless persons that that we have in in statistics. And this is because we have this affordable social housing. And this is, I think, one of the differences between Finland and, and Ireland. I remember that I was in Ireland around 10 years ago, and there was a new strategy for social housing and, and it was so good the paper that I think that we, we have to copy it but I don't know what happened because it, it didn't become a reality in, in the in the years that followed the, the good plan. Well we do have a, a housing first policy it's it's not across the board but I, I want to bring in Joey now and one of the main messages that comes from Yuha is that we need to treat a homeless person as another human being. And that's what's happened to Joey as he was supported by the Focus Ireland Housing First for Youth in Wexford. And he joins me from his own home there. Hello, Joey, how are you? How are you? Very good. Was there much tidying up to be done before we zoomed into your into your house? Um, I've done a lot of tidying, I did. <laughs> um, I put in a big effort, I did. I was cleaning. I was cleaning and scrubbing 
for three hours yesterday. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, thank you very much to have us over to your house, albeit virtually. How have you been getting on in it? I have been getting on very well. I have achieved so much living on my own and that and I've got to do more things for myself and I thought I think I'm ticking all the boxes by myself by me living on my own. And tell us a little bit about your story then Joey uh, what was life like for you growing up? When I was very when I was younger I was taught to do independent skills at a very young age and to be honest I had to do my own things like and uh, when I was growing up at home I had to cycle from A to B I used to do boxing and all and I had to cycle from boxing on my own every night and it was 12 kilometers outside my own house when I was living at home and um, I was even living in care, and I thought I thought that I wanted to live independently at a young age, and I thought I was able to do it. And there were a lot of negativity towards me living on my own, and they said that I can't do it, and that I was very vulnerable to live on my own, and I proved them all wrong. And I knew that I was able to do it and I just put my head down and did it. And Joey, you have a diagnosis of autism. So do you think that's what was worrying people? But as you say, you'd picked up a lot of skills of of how to, to manage that. Yeah, I do have a diagnosis of autism. Um, yeah, there were a lot of people who were telling me that I couldn't even do it because of my disability and me interacting with others and stuff like that. And they thought that I couldn't even go to different places on my own and that I wouldn't even get back in one piece and that, you know, people will kind of take advantage of me and I was I just said that I was able to do it and I didn't let anything uh, overcome it I didn't And you're a year and a half into your own home and tell us a little bit about what life is like I know you're at college you're still big into into your sports yeah, I'm very big into my sports. I love soccer and GAA and I'm going to I'm in college in National Learning Network down here in Wexford and I'm going up to Watford next year to study catering and hospitality. I am, which is a big job I'm interested in in the future and I'm actually thought that I wouldn't get up for college when I was living on my own and that I thought that I needed someone to wake me up in the mornings for college and stuff and I thought that I was able to handle that well and I'm well able to get up for college and do my own thing and make me lunches in the in the morning and stuff like that. 
And it's clear that you're well able, as you say, to live independently and, and, and you have a plan and a mission and you're living your life. But you do also get supports. And tell us a little bit about that and how important that is to you. I I have supports from my workers. Um, my social worker has helped me so much with me living on my own and she helped me through thick and thin. She was helping me set up plans. She was helping me live independently and she helped me set up goals for myself to live on my own. And I even said to me, social worker, this is what I want to do. And this is, this is where I see, see me doing. I actually wanted to do shared living at a point I did. And I thought that I want to do shared living. And my family were kind of disagreeing with me doing shared living because they thought that, you know, that people that I can't interact with people, which isn't true. And I even said to them that I wanted to do it, but I saw myself doing independent living because I was able to get more things done and I think shared living is a bit hard, to be honest, because there be fights over little things like someone, you eat a chocolate bar, they'll give out about you eating it. Like, Yeah, somebody always takes your stuff out of the fridge. And yes, that can cause World War Three. And you have a great social circle as well, yeah. don't you? And I'm sure your, your friends and your foster family are so proud of all you've achieved. They are very proud of me and they're very proud of what I did and what I've overcome. And my foster mother is very proud of me for living on my own. And I go up to see her up in Rasselaer to see how she is. And she is thinking I'm doing phenomenal. You are. And you heard me talking to you, Ha, about how we need to look at homelessness in this way and take a person where they're at, meet them, give them the supports they need and, and give them a home because look what you're achieving with that. That's it. And people who are homeless and people who are vulnerable, you could learn so much from all of that and you can overcome it. And the thing is, like, there, you have to overcome all that negativity and look at it as a positive because there's so much things it's so easy to look on the negative side of things instead of the positive because there's so many positive things and there's so much out there you can learn from and with the right supports and a home to call your own there is no stopping That's, you there isn't and that if you have all the supports in need, there's no problem. There's many of them here in Ireland and there's a lot of people who are with focus and they've overcome so much in their lives. They have and they have and focus have been very phenomenal with all of that. They have where do you think you got this positive attitude from? Because yes, the supports have been amazing, as we say, but a lot of this is, is down to you, Joey, and your attitude to life. A lot of this is down to me and 
a lot of this is where I want to do things and a lot of this is down to my ambition of doing things and seeing things and willing to learn from things like I'm going off to Turkey next week and that's always when I was a young fella I've always wanted to travel there and um, I think that I can learn so much by doing things myself and um, doing things at my own initiative. That's going to be a huge milestone then, your first holiday. First holiday, I'm going with a travel company I am and um, my support workers have organised that with me. They have and I said to my support workers, how will I go to Turkey? And they've they've helped me out so much with it, like with me setting up, going on a trip with the travel company and doing things with myself. And I think I've handled my life so well and I've overcome. When I first lived on my own, I thought, you know, that I, I was kind of scared out of my wits and I've just overcome that so much I have. Yeah, you certainly have. And much as you say, you've a lot to, you can learn. There's a lot that we can learn for from you too, Joey. And thank you so much for talking so openly and honestly. And I have no doubt that you will go on to have a very successful and happy life. And I wish you all the very best with it. Thank you. And that's it it's a lot of people can do it they can and if you have the right supports you can't go wrong thank you so much joey you have can i bring you back in because joey is just one of many examples of the people behind the statistics and this assumption people make of why somebody would slip through the cracks and become homeless. I think Joey represents that there are plenty of people who want to live a life and thrive and contribute to society. And sometimes they just need a bit of a support to do that. And that's a society we should all want to be a part of. Yes, I think that what, what Zoe told was a beautiful example that it doesn't require so much from from us from, from the society to make it possible for for people to flourish and and show their human potential it's it's a very basic things that, that it requires and and i think that this is exactly the thing that that we should do with with, with homelessness yeah break through make, those make yeah make, make it possible for people to flourish you may have seen that in Ireland, we're due to set a date for a long promised referendum on the right to housing. What are your thoughts on this approach? Do we need to recognise the right to a home as a basic human right and, and recognise how important it is to allow people to flourish, that they have somewhere to call their own? Uh, I think that... That, that's of course an, an important milestone to, to have that kind of legislation. I think that there are so many international agreements and declarations that 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 say that housing is is, is a basic basic human human right. 
and and it's and it's important if that kind of legislation will be will be set up because it shows that there there is a certain political will but an act without action is is not not enough so it should lead to to, to co concrete things uh, uh, housing as as a as a human right housing as a, a legal right is that's that's a great thing but it becomes reality only if you make it possible for people to have their own home with their own name on the door and you talk about the importance of partnership and, and collaboration. So even you at the Y Foundation, you would have been working with other NGOs, charities and state authorities. And we mentioned the societal shift. All of that needs to come together, doesn't it? Yes, it's, I think that it's, we should see homelessness as a, as a national issue that requires a, a very strong, very wide partnership between different different actors, the state authorities, ministries, local authorities, NGOs. That's the only way how we can reach quite amazing, amazing achievements in, in, in our own, own countries. What about the targets then? Um, if we look even to Finland, um, there is a target to end homelessness in Helsinki by 2025 and in Finland full stop by 2027. So are you on track to, to make this happen? Well, it, it requires a lot of work still, but but I would say that it's it's totally possible. And, and in my thinking, we should do it even faster than than by 27. Uh, and and I think that it's it's absolutely it's 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 possible and 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 I that means that we should have zero homelessness which is which is rather rather unique it's totally achievable goal and and but it requires a very wide partnership but I think that the, all the elements are there we know what are the measures that are needed to achieve it and so it's simply to put it into practice the the plans that we have and people might be listening and, you know, they will have heard that you began working in the 80s and, and now we're in the the 2020s um, and that you're almost there and you've made massive change, but it has taken time. So what do you think of the prospects for Ireland to end homelessness? The target has been set by by 2030 and you, as you say, targets and mission statements mean nothing unless the actions and the policies begin to change but knowing what you know about the Irish model can we turn it around and end homelessness well, well I think that um, of course it's possible but it, it 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 requires a lot of determination and and uh, housing first is is a great policy it's a great model but but you can't have housing first without having the housing first you need to have the housing and I think that that seems to be the, the key issue in, 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 in Ireland. And it, it's not possible without a very strong role of, of, of the public authorities to make it possible for to provide the needed affordable housing. Yeah. Well, as you say, it makes economic sense. It makes sense on an empathetic level and it is possible a world without homelessness 
is possible and to change the world we need to start by changing how people think thank you you have for all the work you've done in this area we always look to the scandinavian countries as the ones who seem to have it all sussed when it comes to social welfare when it comes to education and now it also seems to homelessness so thank you for sharing your your wisdom with us Thank you, Emma. I'm looking for my next visit to Ireland. I had a conference in, in Dublin and I'm waiting very much to once again come to Ireland. Well, hopefully there'll be a day not too far off into the future when we can invite you over to show you how we've we've sorted the homelessness problem. We've closed the shelters, we've closed the emergency accommodation and we now have true housing first. To you, Yuha Kakanen. And, of course, to Joey, who is a Housing First recipient, living his life in Wexford. Thank you both so much for talking to me today. Thank Thank you you very much. Coming up on the next episode of the Focus Ireland podcast, we'll be asking, how do we move on from homelessness? I got a phone call to go for a viewing and I couldn't believe it. It was amazing, to be honest, when I got my place. And I'm still kind of on a high. (laughs) Because it's freedom, isn't it, to yeah. decide? Yeah. I fancy a cup of tea. You can make plans. You can, you know, make your own dinner or whatever. Have a shower. I'll have a shower in five minutes. You know, stuff like that. Little things like that you, that you would take for granted. And it's it's something that's so important to us as, as humans is to have autonomy over our own. Yeah. It's it's freedom, yeah, it's freedom. Please remember to like, subscribe and share. If you'd like more information on the work of Focus Ireland, visit focusireland.ie.